Welcome back to the Oklahoma Drill. Um, this is Ryan. I've got Alex here with me, and we're about to give you a very brief preview of the Baylor game. But first, um, I think we have some more thoughts about the defense from the Army game. Alex, do you want to get us started off on the continued adventures of complaining about defense? Yes, and I would. I'm just going to go ahead and tell everybody listening. Um, this is the second time we've had this conversation out because our recording system uh, stopped working in the middle of the last time. So this will be the round two for the night mm-hmm. on complaining about the Oklahoma defense. So I was able to refine my takes in the oh, last. Yeah. We're good and right now. The, yeah. Um, okay. So um, I think post Army game. You know, I, I mean, obviously I was pretty negative about the defense. Um, but unfortunately this week I've kind of soured even a little bit more than I was mm-hmm. um, after that game. And, you know, a number of things, like probably chiefly the Lincoln-Riley press conference concerned me quite a bit. And then just, you know, being around the – just the overall negativity that is the the OU fan base right now. Mm-hmm. Um it's kind of, you know, it's put me in a bit darker of a place than I was whenever we last podcasted. But I did hear a really um, interesting point made about the Oklahoma defense on a podcast I was listening to. And one of the guys on the podcast said that he thinks the problem with Oklahoma's defense is that they try to defend everything that the offense does at like an okay level. So they just basically try to take away everything instead of just identifying what the offense wants to do and trying to take one or two things away. You know, they, they get worried about little things and they kind of forget that that's really not how anyone can play defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's like fundamentally a defense should try and force the offense to do hard things that it's bad at so that it fails. Um, And if you're not doing that, then you're not really playing defense. And this isn't just a football. Like, this is every sport. Like, this is just how defense... This is the concept of defense. This is defense. And I don't get it. Yeah, so, I mean, I think this is... I mean the reason why I was talking about the Lincoln-Riley press conference is that it really illustrated this idea because multiple times in his press conference in talking about the defense, he mentioned that they were really focused on trying to stop the Army passing game. Mm -hmm. They were really worried about getting beat over the top throwing the football. And I want to use an analogy here. Um, You know, this is probably a pretty Oklahoma-based listener group so this is probably will be pretty well understood i actually think I know um the going. oklahoma city thunder <laughs> do you yeah uh the oklahoma city thunder are a pretty below average three-point shooting team mm-hmm. like they one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league and you know to me acting you know trying to stop army's passing game is like you're really really worried about stopping the thunder from taking threes or if you want to be more specific it's like if you were trying to defend russell westbrook 
with the basis of your defense being we don't want Russ to take threes. Yeah. It's We're like, going to try and run Russ off of the three-point line. Yeah, that's literally the opposite of what you want to do. Yeah, it's we you, we were out there and drawing it up like, listen, we can't let Andre Robertson get open in the corner. We can't do it. <laughs> yeah, um, that's even better. That's even better. It, it, yeah, it's just sports are fun. Here, this is this is the level we're at. Sports are fun because in general. Defenses can't stop offenses from doing everything. Like, that's what makes it fun and interesting. That's why coaches exist, is to come up with strategies by, by which a defense can stop an offense from doing some things so that their offense can be better. This is the point of playing defense. I, like, literally, philosophically, this is... This is what sports is. Um, and I don't think Mike Stoops understands that. And that's a concern. Um, I, <laughs> it's funny that you brought up basketball because I was actually going to say, this kind of reminds me a bit of uh, the Milwaukee Bucks defense under, um, oh no, I forgot his name. You know, J- Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd, yeah. That's exactly what this is. That is the, Yeah. The OU defense is the Milwaukee Bucks defense under Jason Kidd. And it's like, you have so many, you have incredibly talented tools at your disposal. And what you're asking them to do is play as if they're not talented at all. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty, that's, that's good. I like it. Um, so it, I think it additionally to, you know, talking about how insane it is that OU going into the Army game that one of their main focuses was stopping the game to get beat over the top it I think that you know if you look at the Oklahoma offense and how good they are you know this is probably I mean pretty much since Lincoln Riley's been at OU we've had a top five offense and two of those years we had by far the best offense in the country Mm -hmm. um so in my opinion, you would think that, oh, we can afford to take some chances and try to force some turnovers, you know, because if we can get up early, our offense can take it from there because our offense either A, isn't going to stop scoring or they're just going to hold the ball like they were so good at last year and like they will probably get to the point of being able to do this year. Yeah, it's like. I can't understand. I just can't understand this defensive philosophy. It makes no sense. It's insulting to the players. It's there's so many things wrong with it. Mike Stoops shouldn't have this job, um, and it's concerning. Though I, I understand backing up your coaches and your assistants, but like, it's concerning that now Lincoln is saying these things at press conferences. Right. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I talked. I talked a little bit about that in the last podcast, and you know. What I heard on Monday made me feel significantly worse about it. Um, I do think Lincoln is incredibly loyal, and he would never throw one of his coaches under the bus. Um, And so it could be as simple as that. And Mm -hmm. again, like, but we just wouldn't, we just wouldn't know. Um, But I kind of suspect that they're kind of all bought into this idea, and I just think it's the wrong way to approach because this team. 
there are not many teams in the country that are afforded the uh, the ability that you have an offense that's probably going to be able to score 35 to 40 points at least every game. Yeah. You know, that I've heard people talk about, well, the offense didn't help the defense at all in the Army game because they like when they did get the ball, they scored in like two minutes and then Army's offense was right back out there and OU's defense was tired and stuff. And I'm just like, no, that's not how this should work. If your offense can go score, go score, you know, especially, you know, early in the game, go get as many points as you can. Now, if you're getting the fourth quarter and, you know, like, yeah, your defense is legitimately tired and you need to keep the ball at the end of the game, like, okay, sure, maybe. But that should never cross anyone's mind, I think, in the first half of a football game. Yeah, like... You know, it should just... Your offense should execute how it should be able to execute. Like, this offense can execute at an incredibly high level and is insanely explosive. Yeah. The offense's only job should be to execute as well as they can and go score points. Yeah, and I just... I don't understand. So... On Army's first possession of the game, was the defense still tired from warmups? Like, what's going on there? I don't. That's that doesn't follow. Right. Uh, yeah. It's not like it's not like they started the game well and then you know it just you know they they were playing so many snaps. No, like things got a little bit better as the game went. Yeah. Like not significantly Honestly, better, but Army's a little bit better. Started to get a bit worn out. Like. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, I think. I mean, you, you. How could you not get worn out? Yeah. You run an eighty-seven plays against athletes that are significantly bigger and better than you. Yeah. You're gonna get tired, and eventually, like some of that athleticism showed on the defense, like very little, but enough for us to pull out the win. Like, you know, there was like Kenneth Mann flashed a lot of athleticism on those last couple possessions. You know what I mean? So yes, I mean, yes. But overall, I'm just I'm beyond frustrated because it just seems like the fact that Lincoln came out and said that they executed the scheme the way they wanted to. I mean, nothing could have he could have said nothing he could have said could have concerned me more than that. Like it just because that's not just a one game thing like that's a that's how this defense wants to operate deal they they are so scared of giving up big plays I think that has a lot to do with why players like Buki and players you know like even Khalil Houghton like guys like that don't necessarily play to their potential I'm not hating on Buki I think Buki's gonna play better and like he's not playing horribly right now he's not playing like Khalil Houghton like I'm not trying to put him I guess I shouldn't have lumped them together yeah but I think this has a lot to do with why we don't force turnovers very much except for like at the very end of this game. Yeah. Um, but like overall, we just don't cause. Havoc. And I think it's because players are so scared of screwing up because they know that's how they lose their job. They can't make up for it by making the play because I guess all this defense, the defensive staff will remember is the play that they gave up. And I think that's just the absolute, when you're coaching a college football team, Mm-hmm. That cannot be the mentality that you approach it with. Yeah, I mean, Otherwise, you're going to have the most passive defense of all time. Yeah, and like, not to put too fine a point of it, but Mike Stoops is a jerk. We we know this. He is in the booth because he cannot control his temper. And like, 
I'm sure that affects how his demeanor in practice. I'm sure that affects his relationship with his players. Like, I'm sure that affects how his players perceive their own mistakes. Yeah, no, I mean, for real. And if you and you look at like a guy like Stephen Parker, who was here for four years, you know, and it just seemed like over the course of his four years, he made fewer and fewer plays. And like that could kind of explain that, you know, like not to say like I'm not saying they necessarily like coached it out of him, but like that's kind of what it is. You know, if you yeah. make a player so you know, I don't, I don't know if intimidated is the right word, but just like worried about messing up, they're not going to be able to just go play football, yeah. you know, and they're, they're going to wind up looking a lot like Steven Parker looked, you know, in his last couple of years, yeah. they're going to look like Khalil Houghton looks right now. So, and like also Khalil Houghton's just never been that good. So, I mean, it's, it looks even worse when he does this. Yeah. Um, um sorry, Khalil. I know you listen. So, <laughs> Um, all right. So that's where we're at with the defense. Do we have any parting words on this front? Um, no, I think, I think this is kind of, we can kind of segue into, to Baylor because I mean, this, I mean, the defense has to play well this weekend. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm not sure I've ever, you know, and we've gone through a lot with Mike Stoops, you know, there's been some unbelievably bad defensive performances that we've kind of gone through and suffered through. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I've ever seen the OU fan base this negative towards the situation. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what it is specifically. Maybe it's because there was so much talk this offseason that the defense had figured it out that they weren't going to have the same problems they've had before. This was, these were the kind of guys that Mike Stoops needed to, to be able to coach. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm getting a real sense from, you know, you know, this, a lot of message board people. And I know that that's kind of like the worst kind of fans in a lot of ways. Um, but you know, I, it's, it's, a, it's very widespread in that community. And I've even seen on, on some social media, but like, it seems like, OU fans are kind of just kind of like, yeah, let Baylor score 40 on us so we can just grow the hatred towards Mike Stoops. You yeah. know what I mean? I think like maybe, maybe it's a situation where fans are getting to the point where this is absolutely Mike Stoops's last chance. And I think, I don't think anyone thought that this you know this was Mike Stoops coaching for his job to the max this year and maybe people have just kind of given up and they're just like okay maybe if Baylor puts 500 yards and 40 points on us Lincoln will fire him you know what I mean like maybe that's where people are um I I'm not quite to that point absolutely I do I don't I don't think Mike Stoops should be the defensive coordinator I'm not even against firing him mid-season I'm really not um but I, I also would prefer our defense start looking better, you know. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to root for us to fail. And believe me, guys, I have plenty of experience in rooting for things to fail. Yep. Like I've done it a lot in my life because I'm kind of a spiteful person um, <laughs> in a lot of ways. So I will, I will root for things to fail, even things that I'm involved in. Okay. Yeah. I have literally done that before. <laughs> and I'm not to that point yet with this. Yeah. Um, 
I, yeah. I, maybe it'll be better. And if it's better, fine. Maybe this what maybe the army game was like a fun lesson that we all learned, right? And the defense learned the importance of sound play, and now they'll get to execute a real game plan. Um, I would love for that to be the case. I don't think it is, but if it was, I wouldn't complain. Well, I would complain a little, because uh, that's stupid. But uh, that's where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> so more specifically about Baylor, what do we need our defense to be able to do? to stop the two-headed dragon that is Charlie Brewer and Zach Smith. Oh, man. I I don't want to put a number on it from, like, a yardage standpoint because mm-hmm. that's hard to do. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we need to hold them under 30 points, mm-hmm. you know, like – 24 points, you know, like anything under 24, and I'm probably feeling pretty good about how the defense played unless we scored less than that, which is unlikely. Um, But just from a points total, I think 24 is a good number to kind of place as like kind of an over-under type deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Yardage-wise, it's a little harder, and I I don't really care as much about that. Um, But I I also would like to see – a defense not let Baylor throw four yard passes three downs in a row and get a first down that way. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, you know, we, everybody, everybody talks about, I'm tired of it at this point, talking about the 2014 Baylor game. Yeah. Um, but I think in a lot of ways that was kind of the same thought process, you know, Mm -hmm. like the same thought process as it was against, uh, against army. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I want to see a defense that looks fast because I've seen this defense look fast this year. Yeah. I know this defense has fast players on it. Yeah. I want to see a defense look fast. I, you know, cause some havoc, put some pressure on the quarterback. You know, if you think about it, you know, if you get enough pressure on the quarterback in all likelihood, you're probably going to come away with at least one turnover, right? Yeah. Like, you would think that that would happen. Um, you know, maybe force a turnover or two. Like, I, this is a relatively low bar. You know, I just <laughs> want to see the defense. I want to see them execute a, like, a competent game plan, you know? Yeah. Like, that's, that's it. That's yeah. all I need. I that's just, all I want. I want to see our linebackers look fast and strong because they are fast and strong. I want to see our defensive backs make plays because I know that they want to make plays. Um, Absolutely. Parnell Motley considers himself a playmaker. That is an adjective he would use to describe himself, I am sure. Um, I would like to see him be able to do that on something that isn't the final play of the game. And I believe he's capable of it. And it would be nice for it to occur. Um, the defensive line, I, I am torn on the defensive line because I think it can be really good. I think it certainly has the potential to be really good. And I'm, I don't know if it's motivation or technique, but there are points when it hasn't looked as good as that. Certainly Neville Gallimore in particular hasn't always looked like he's playing to his potential. I believe he can play to his potential. I believe he has played to his potential in, at points already in this season. Like, I just want to see all of these things happen in one game. 
Right. Yeah, we need to put together a total defensive effort. Um, it will help. I, I believe Marquise Overton and Tyrese Lott are both coming back. Mm-hmm. So that will help the defensive line depth issues, assuming the coaches are willing to put them on the football field. Yeah. Um, we need to see we need to see more Ronnie Perkins. Yeah. Play him. Don't play him for five snaps a game, you know, and say, oh, we're getting him some experience. No. Yeah. Every time Ronnie Play Perkins him. has gone into the game, he has made an impact. Like, I have noticed him. Yeah. I notice him when he plays, and it's not very often. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I like Kenneth Mann. Like, don't get me wrong. I oh, think yeah. Kenneth Mann has played well. I thought he played about as well as anyone else did on the defense on Saturday. Yeah. And, but, like, don't you think that that guy could make even more plays if he's not having to play every snap? Yes. You know what I mean? Or play both of them. I know that's insane. I know it's crazy, and I know I've complained about Mike Stoops doing this forever. But what if, in pass rushing situations, you put Kenneth Mann over the center and let him rush the passer from the interior while Ronnie Perkins rushes from where Kenneth Mann's been rushing from? Yeah. Like, what if you actually do that? And, like, Alex did not invent this idea. <laughs> like, no. That's something else to understand. What Alex is describing isn't a radical thing. This is a thing that defenses have done for a very This is a thing that we did last year. (laughs) Oh, you literally did this last year. Kenneth Mann would line up over the center in passing situations, and it worked. The guy had over five sacks last year, mostly from that position. (laughs) Put him there, Mike Stoops. Do it. You were smart enough to do it last year. Why have you forgotten this? I, I'm, I'm vexed. Yeah. I don't vexing. know. Um, yeah. Good Lord, Mike. These are not, these are not hard concepts. They're not, they're not hard concepts. Um, but yeah, no, I, that's something I, I would like to see. I don't have any expectations that we will. Um, I think Ronnie Perkins will probably play about 12 snaps or something. Um, maybe less. Let's say, ha, how about this? How about we set an over under? Eight snaps for Ronnie Perkins on Saturday. And we'll keep track and we'll talk about it on our next podcast if we remember. Eight is a good over-under for Ronnie Perkins snaps. You going to take the over-under? I'll take the under. Yeah, I think I... I'll take the over just to disagree so one of us can be wrong. Yeah. Or one of us can be right. Um, But I... I don't think it'll be much over because I think, you know, I think it's there's some potential for Baylor to put some points in. And I think the OU coaches will view that as a situation that they need the veterans in as much as possible. Um, That's generally OU's kind of reaction towards that kind of situation. So and that's that's really frustrating, too, because if you look at go look at Clemson, you go look at Alabama, you go look at all of the best football programs in the country, every one of those teams use their freshmen. Alabama starts freshmen. I understand that they are like ridiculously good freshmen, but I think Ronnie Perkins has the potential to be ridiculously good. I've seen a lot from him in his limited time. It just seems like OU, unlike the best coaches in the country, are unwilling to put those guys in their situation where they can succeed as freshmen. Yeah. And it's unless not like, they absolutely have to start them. Like yeah. they, they had to start Buki. Yeah. 
it's we do this on the other side of the ball and it's fine right yes i mean i would yeah i we rotate in a lot of receivers um you know Jalen Robinson's played a lot this year. Yeah, you know we're even playing Braden Willis. Like we play freshmen. We played freshman running backs last year. We've you know given TJ Pledger some snaps. Like there needs to be more of it, man, on defense, and it makes no sense. The idea that I guarantee, like one of Mike Soup's big things this last year was we didn't have the personnel. Um, let me get in the players. He brought in the players he wanted. And now they're not playing. And now they aren't playing. Yeah. Like, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. It's not. It does not seem intelligent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I'm saying this, like, I have tried to like Mike Stoops over the years. Like, I really have. I've tried to support him as much as I could. And, like, it just, this stuff is just inexcusably bad. Like, you can't, you can't have a defensive coordinator that, does this you know what i mean um yeah i don't know i you know maybe the defense comes out and and plays really well you know if they hold like 17 points just to to prove everybody wrong this week that'd be that'd be more than fine by me but yeah again i'm not i'm not not optimistic about that i'm not rooting for them to fail i want this to work um Right. I want to watch yeah, absolutely. OU win a national title, and it won't happen if the defense I, I, isn't this. Absolutely. Season. Yeah. And. Yeah. Yeah. So we haven't really talked about Baylor at all. What What are they going to present to us to, on, from a defense? Like, what is their offense going to present to our defense? Why are we not optimistic that our defense is going to play really well this weekend? Well, so my concern is that we're going to. Their Baylor's receiving core is like legitimately decent to good. They have like four actually pretty good receivers, including Denzel Mims, who made a name for himself against OU last year, um, and including Jalen Hurd, former Tennessee running back, who is now lighting it up as a receiver in this offense. Um, and on top of that, they have two quarterbacks who are totally capable. Like, I'm not going to sing the praises of Charlie Brewer or Zach Smith, but, like, both of them can do it. Like, they can do it. They'll they'll do it. You know? And that's, so that's what we're looking Hold at. Hold on. You're, cu- you're cutting it. Did you say Zach Smith? Did I say Zach Smith? Cause, yeah, he's not there anymore. Oh, right. There's, yeah, their second quarterback is Jalen McClendon. Small oh, right. thing, but just right. just so you know, yeah, yeah. But like Charlie Brewer is a is one of the guys, and Jalen McClendon is also good. Like they have two guys who can run their offense, and that's right. Yeah, that's what we're looking at. That's we'll have to beat a team with a competent quarterback and good receivers. Yeah, I I mean I think that it's probably pretty fair to say that at this point, um. This is the best quarterback play we will have faced all year. Yeah. Um, I know we made Zeb Nolan look like a Hall of Famer, I understand. Um, and I think Chris Robinson and Dorian Thompson Robinson are They are better talented. Play- yeah, they are better players than but, what they showed against us. Yeah, but they, they are they were, you know, both in their first start. Yeah. They're both freshmen in their first start, so 
I mean, I don't think we saw what they are uh-huh. as a player at that stage. Um, Charlie Brewer started for almost a full season last year. He's, he's a sophomore. He's a good, he's a good quarterback. He can throw the ball. Um, so I'm, I'm concerned. Um, and like you said, the receiving core is not only really talented, but they're also really big and physical. Mm-hmm. You know, Jalen Hurd is a massive receiver and Denzel Mims really big, really fast. He looked like an NFL receiver against us last year. Um, I'm concerned about guys like, you know, what happens when they throw a short pass to Jalen Hurd and it's Trey Norwood's job to bring him down. You know what I mean? Like that concerns me. I like Trey Norwood overall. I think he's a good guy, like in terms of coverage, Uh doesn't bust a lot of assignments, but the dude is a small person and he struggles to bring down big receivers. Like it's just a fact. Yeah. Um, so I'm a bit concerned about that. Like when they actually complete the passes, the short, even the short passes, our cornerbacks' ability to bring them down, even our safety's ability. Like Khalil Hodden might be the worst tackler on the team, uh-huh. and yeah. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not excited about that uh, possibility. Um, I do think that it's a time uh, we might start seeing. Buki make more plays. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Lincoln talked about in his press conference that you know he thinks Buki is really close to making plays, and I, I agreed with him here in that I think Buki at times has tried too hard to make plays. Yeah, you know, I like think- he's been pressing at times, like going in just trying to lay dudes out, and he either misses or he's a really small guy, so he's not having quite the impact that he thinks he's going to have on him. Yeah, and. You know, I think he's he's really pressing to make plays. So I think, you know, he he's due. He's due for something. Yeah, I think Buki is kind of in a situation where, um, oh, I am just blanking on names. But like, it's a situation where I think he's adjusting to the speed of the college game and the size of college right. athletes. Like, once yeah. he has an understanding of like, you know, how he exists in this ecosystem of football play like he can really excel um it's and that's just gonna take time i don't know if it's this week it might be later in the year but that's where we're at yeah and i i think another thing with it is that if our defense had equal talent throughout the secondary buki would be playing cornerback right now at the very least to be playing nickel um, he would not be playing strong safety where he is right now. I guarantee you that. Yeah. Um, he's playing like, I'm not saying he's like completely out of his element there because he's, you know, he played safety a little bit in high school and he's a really, really smart guy that can play pretty much any secondary position. But I think if, you know, if the coaches could put him wherever they wanted to, because they had the talent at all positions, I think he'd be playing corner right now. I really do. And I, you know, he'd probably be starting over Trey Norwood, you know? Um, so, I mean, I think there's a little bit of that too, but, you know, I, I think we're going to start seeing a little bit more from Buki and, you know, hopefully, um, it rubs off, you know, cause sometimes when, when one guy starts making plays, you know, more guys will start making plays. So maybe Buki can kind of be the ringleader in terms of, you know, being more aggressive Hmm. on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Despite our defensive staff's best efforts. Yeah. Um, okay. 
Uh, Baylor's rushing game was really bad last year. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they'll be much yeah, better. No, they haven't been good so far this year. Um, granted, I mean, you know, the competition they haven't played is very good. They haven't played very good competition so far. But, you know, their their top two running backs are averaging 5.6 yards a carry and 6.3. So, I mean, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, it just – they want to throw the ball, it seems like. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they they want to throw the football down the field. And so we'll, we'll see. Like – I don't know. Nothing would surprise me. They could come and run for 300 yards because we're too worried about getting beat down the field again. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would, I would think from a, from a defensive standpoint, I would come into this game. I would come into pretty much any game. I want to stop the run first. You know what I mean? If you can stop the run, you take away an entire element of the defense. It makes it so uh, of the offense. I mean, and it makes it so much harder to throw the ball. If you have to throw the ball 50 times a game, you're not going to be near as efficient through the air as you are if you only have to throw it 25. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, these are not <laughs> – this is not complicated. This is just – this is how football defenses work. Um, how about the other side of the ball? What are we thinking here? Um, I mean, our offense ought to put 50 on them, like just straight up, like they should. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, if we come in and execute the way we're capable of, we've been close. Uh, we haven't had that just all out incredible offensive performance yet. Um, but if we can get kind of close to that, we ought to be able to put 50 on them. I think, and this is so, the one thing I can say about this Baylor defense is that it's going to be aggressive. That's just, that's how um, Matt Rule's defenses at Temple were. That's what he wants to do. Um, right. And I think defenses that want to get aggressive are, like, executing Lincoln Riley's scheme is going to, like, done well eviscerate them. Like, that's just, that's what it does it's you know the efficacy of play action in his system the efficacy of counter runs in his system they feed off of misdirected defensive aggression and mm-hmm. um so that yeah this is the thing where if the offense can execute well and like execute within system it will be really fun to watch yeah no, i agree um I, I'm a, I'm interested. I want to see. I thought I said on the last podcast. I thought our offensive line looked pretty solid outside of you know that little the goal line stand. Mm-hmm. And I heard way too many people kind of crapping on the offensive line because that's like the only two plays they could remember from the game on offense. Apparently, yeah. Um, but Trey Sermon ran really well last week. He ran for over 100 yards. Like he was really good. We were really effective running the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I think Trey Sermon averaged over seven yards a carry last week. Yeah, I mean, Trey um, Sermon pretty much won this game last year. Are you there? Uh-oh. Yeah, my internet connection's been really inconsistent lately, so you're cutting out. So. Oh, okay. 
So what uh, I did you hear what I said? No. Okay, I said that. Um, I mean, Trey Sermon basically won this game last year. Right. Yeah. In that fourth quarter, he just kind of shut it down for us. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I think that if we really set our mind to being physical and running the football, we can drive down the field, run the ball really effectively. And that's going to open things up for Kyler Murray down the field. I, you know, I'm thinking, you know, Hollywood's probably going to have a big day. Like Hollywood didn't touch the football last week. Mm-hmm. He's probably that's. I mean, he's probably going to make some plays. You yeah. know, and I, I think about you know offensively last year, we were extremely explosive in that first quarter. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just we were down the field and you know, you know, sometimes one play. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of potential, like you said, I mean, Matt rule wants to be super aggressive and Lincoln Riley eats that up. Like that's what he does. Like he's incredible at attacking those kind of defenses. Um, so I'm, I think this is a a matchup for, we're going to see a lot of good plays. And if I hear someone talking about, well, we need to slow down to help the defense. I'm going to be really pissed. I'm already (laughs) mad. I'm already triggered, but like, like you're going to get like some like profanity lace, tirades next week on the podcast if that happens because like that'd be the dumbest thing in the world like go score your points you know put 55 on Baylor you're not losing to Baylor if you score 55 points yeah you know even if your defense plays like crap you're not you're not losing to Baylor if you score 55 um so I I just I'm just I'm so annoyed like I I want us to play well I just I don't expect it you know, I expect mm-hmm. us to win, but I'm I'm not expecting to come away feeling amazing on Saturday. Yeah, I can't lie. So, um, yeah, do you have, do you have any last points about the game you want to make? Some last points about the game. Um, no, I I really hope we win. No. I think we will, but it's yeah, it's so frustrating. I want the offense to do really well because I really want us to get back um, to having the number one S&P Plus offense. And yeah, isn't Alabama number one right now? Yeah, it's Alabama, Ohio, it's Alabama, Ohio State than us. Yeah, no, like Alabama is ridiculous right now, man. Yeah, yeah, it's like, super annoying. They are, they are, they literally have the best offense and defense in the country. Like, yeah, it sucks. It sucks a lot, but um, yeah. So I guess let's let's jump into to some score predictions. Um, yeah, you want to start with this? Yeah, I'll say that we win this like probably something like forty-eight to thirty-seven. Forty-eight thirty-seven. Yeah. yeah, like a two-score victory, but not one that I'm that we feel great about. Okay. I was going to go 48 to 38. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was my the score I had in my in my mind. I'm going to I'm going to alter it a little bit. I'm going to say 45 to 41. Okay. Close game. A, yeah. a game we feel real bad about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not feeling great. I think 45-41 we everyone comes away pissed off. Um and I will I absolutely I am not rooting for this i want to you know i really want to push that point i'm not rooting for this to happen but i will be really really interested to see how everyone reacts if ou's defense plays that poorly again yeah like it will be legitimately interesting because i think we are 
we I think we're as close we are closer than we've ever been to life after Mike Stoops being reality. I think we might wind up seeing some some media members start maybe writing articles about hey this isn't working, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's just not something we've seen. Like the only article I've ever seen like that was whenever uh, John Hoover said Bob Stoops should be should retire. Basically, mm-hmm. um, that's really the only kind of thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I so part of me. I mean, I'm I'm very interested in that that outcome. Like I think it'd be really interesting to see the result. I don't want it to happen. I would like to go beat them, fifty two to nothing, if possible. So yeah. Um. But, you know, we'll see. 45-41. Our offense, I'm going to predict, holds the ball at the end and closes it out. Mm -hmm. And we all go home really sad. You know? And I think if that that happens, we're not all of us, but there's going to be a large majority of people that are going to be expecting OU to lose to Texas, and that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Because I think that was kind of the, what people were thinking last year because we were coming off that Iowa State loss. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's yeah. We'll see. I'm. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's gonna about do it for this preview. That hold, was... hold on, hold oh. on, hold on. Sorry. Couple things. Jalen Redmond. Right. Right. Is yeah. a football player, and. Um, he is back practicing in non-contact ways. Um, so this is a guy that, you know, he was supposed to miss his entire freshman season. I mean, I'm saying he was supposed to, like he's still scheduled to miss his entire freshman season due to having blood clot issues. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's a positive that he's back practicing at least, you know, even if it is in non-contact situations, um, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily Uh-oh. last couple games, you know, cause you can still preserve his red shirt. Yeah. You know, I so missed, we missed most. I wouldn't bet said. on it, but, oh, did you? Yeah. You cut out. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> but yeah, Bummer. um, we shouldn't really expect him to play in any, but his, maybe the last few games, if at all. Um, yeah. But I, like, I'm talking like five, 10% chance he plays like it's not big, but it is nice because I mean, blood clots are a worrying thing. Yeah. Like to you me, know, I was worried. Yeah. To me, this is, um, this is evidence that like his surgery went well and they aren't seeing any further complications. Right. Yeah. No, he's, he's at the very least he's doing well. He's on track and, He'll be 100% by spring is kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, last thing, what uh, what kind of color combinations are, are we going to wear this weekend? Do you know? Um, I don't know. If we run out there in red on red, I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> like legitimately pissed off. I'm just so sad that the move to Jordan didn't kill these uniforms. I am too. Yeah. Like I, I like the little alterations they make. I think they're fine, but I, I was ready to be done with these. I hope this is the last year of them and I don't dislike them. I'm just tired of them. Like yeah. we've had the same ones for, this is the fifth season now. Mm-hmm. It needs to be, it needs to be done. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I really hate the red on red. 
please don't wear the red on red. Yeah. It I, looks terrible. I want to see white helmets and pants. Same. Same. Yeah. Um, and now people will be triggered by that because that is what we wore when we lost 48 to 14. But eh, I think fine. that that's the look. I think yeah. that's the look because I really – my favorite combination of these uniforms is the white jerseys with red pants and red helmet. Yeah. I think that's the best-looking combination. It is. Because um, uh, I'm not big on the white, all white. I don't like that, and I hate the all red. Mm-hmm. I, I like the mixture, um, and I like the the cream pants with the the red jersey. And I think it's it's time to to throw out the white helmet again at home. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, I guess in a similar vein, um, be on the lookout for Lincoln Riley's footwear. Because I'm pretty sure he was wearing the new Jordan 33s at the last game. And I'm interested to see if he's wearing them again this game. Yeah, I hope so. And also, there I saw a picture of the black Jordan 11s. Oh, man. And they're, they're, they're better than the white ones. They're, they're so sexy. Oh, my God. Because yeah. they have white soles on the bottom. This, this... I mean, it basically, it basically looks like the Space Jam shoes. Yeah. This and it's, is... The, sexiest thing this is the one thing about these uniforms that i like is the black accents because it's yeah just, same. It's, it's just really good um okay yeah do we have anything else uh i don't think so i think yeah no i think that's a good place to leave it all right um, leave it on a positive note mm-hmm. how about that so thank you all for listening to the oklahoma drill um We'll be back after the Baylor game um, with our next episode. Um, and if you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe to it on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or Podbean. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Alex P. Purdy and at RW Maxi. And, you know, if you've really enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend or leave us a review. And that'll do a long way to help other people learn about this cool podcast you like. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys have a good weekend. <laughs>